Good day. How's everyone doing today? I hope uh, I hope your week was good. I, I know mine was a bit of up and down, but on average, when we're we're living a life of averages, it uh it was a it was a good week. Uh, a lot's happened this week. Uh, we had Remembrance Day, and some drama that came a- around that, that which we're going to get into. Uh, we don't really have a topic today. We're just going to basically do a check-in and, and see where we're at politically, socially, and globally. Uh, see where everything's at. And uh, as we set a couple things up for the next few weeks. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, let's uh, get into it. This week, uh, what did we see happen? Uh, I just want to touch on a few that actually go back more than a week. So, we all know uh, Justin Trudeau has had a really big push for for real gun legislation lately. Uh, And I, I can't attribute it to Justin Trudeau himself, but we are seeing the, the spinoff of a, of a climate that is very politically anti-gun. Uh, in Simcoe, Ontario, we saw a local gunsmith uh, by the name of Roger Katanko at the age of 70 was shot dead by police uh, in his gun shop. He, he was a licensed gunsmith. And by all reports, he was he was with a customer. Uh, Toronto police served a warrant in Simcoe. Why they made the trip beyond uh, beyond me, but they were able to remove the customer without incident, only to subsequently then shoot Roger. Uh, now, uh, for context, this gunsmith Roger had already worked with the local. OPP, and uh, from all accounts had a good working relationship with them. So one would think that any communication between departments could have seen a easy cooperation with, without any incident. Um, but again, it, it kind of just goes to the climate. And, and we won't know more, probably ever, um, but at, at minimum we won't know more till SIU has conducted their investigation as they are mandated to do every time there's a officer-involved shooting. Um, but it definitely speaks to the to the climate of where we're at with guns in in the politics side of it, uh, as well. The Conservative Party has announced their nomination for Raquel Dancho for Shadow Minister of Public Safety. So she will be the opposition to the the firearms legislation. And uh, we have seen some talk with her already. Uh, She seems like she may be a pretty good fit to uh, offer some opposition, but uh, we'll see how that pans out. I think for any of my listeners who are gun fans, uh, it's, it's definitely a contentious time to be a gun owner or enthusiast in Canada. It, uh, it's definitely in the lurch of, is it going to be sustained? Uh, I know right now the big concern is restricted handguns, target and sports shooting. Uh, but we'll, we'll see the fallout from that and where that all ends up. Uh, shifting gears, uh, I just wanted to touch on Randy Hillier and uh, and New Blue. Uh, it seems to be a bit of a 
a clash and and I really am going to get we're going to do a whole episode or two just on this. Um before I get too far into this, again, we we own our biases here. Uh everyone has bias. It's you're never going to get rid of it. Our policy around it has always just been own it. Be upfront and, and acknowledge your bias that way it doesn't cloud your judgment. And I don't misrepresent something to the listener. Uh, I, I do my best to balance my, my viewpoints, but uh, at the end of the day, I do have a bias. Uh, I worked, as any of you who've been listening from the start, I, I worked with the PPC in the federal campaign. Uh, I know I had mentioned I was going to have uh, that candidate join me as, for a postmortem. Unfortunately, the way that shook out, it doesn't look like it's going to be fruitful. Uh, there's there's no real hard feelings amongst the crew, but it just didn't shake out in a, in a conducive way of of wanting to carry. There, I just don't have a lot of value I can pull from that conversation. So I didn't want to just ignore it without acknowledging it. So we we won't likely be sitting down unless something changes but but as of right now there's just not a lot of value there's not a I can't think of a conversation that is not going to upset somebody or offer value to others so that being said uh I have mentioned the new blue Ontario party the uh the effectively the the PPC analogous for the provincial level uh, up until this week, it would seem. Uh, and I've I've been following Jim and Belinda, the new blue team, for a while since since she was ejected from caucus. Uh, being the first person Doug Ford kicked out of caucus, it it raised some eyebrows. It was something I I kind of tuned into right away because I mean that was about where I saw the writing on the wall politically within Ontario. Um. And they've done a lot of hard work in the last handful of months to basically stand up an entire party by themselves and hit the ground running the best they can when the the mandate drops. Um, But as of this week, you've seen Randy Hillier, who, as somebody who's known him, uh, I've had the privilege of having many conversations with him. Um he's not somebody who openly really endorses people too freely. Uh, he's a, a conservative in that sense with his opinions. Uh, there's a lot of opinions he has where he's very freely to spread them around. And, and I, I support that he's fought some real important fights, but, uh, this week you've had Randy come out and, and basically announce that he's launching his own, Ontario version of the PPC under a different name due to copyright and legal reasons. I I do believe, don't quote me on this, but I do believe after the PPC launched federally, I think it was the Conservatives that basically copyright the title for PPC Ontario. There's There's some legalese as to why... PPC can't actually have a quote-unquote people's party in Ontario. So Randy has announced he's he's opening it under, I believe it was Ontario first. Um, but I'm not paused. I don't have that handy. 
But this is a huge move in the upcoming Ontario election because you've now got two absolutely directly competing parties. Um, and we are going to definitely do an episode vote split 2.0 because looking back at my first vote split episode uh, where we talked about the federal one, there really wasn't a vote split because no two parties on the center of right were even comparable. You could have had a vote split between some of the multiple left parties, but the right of center, you didn't really have competition. But it's it's on its head for for the Ontario election now because you've got New Blue and Randy's campaign. And it's yet to be determined if he's going to put many candidates out. So it may be moot. If he's only running basically as a quote-unquote independent under his own name, um, it really won't, won't have as much impact on New Blue this cycle. But if they stand up candidates in a significant number of ridings, we're going to have a point where you absolutely are going to detrimentally split the vote. Um, and that's going to hurt both sides of that. Further to that point, you've got uh, an article came out suggesting uh, Randy Hillier's controlled opposition. And I've, I've read the article. Uh, New Blue has shared it pretty widely. Um, but as somebody who's, who's met Randy and has, I don't know him enough to speak to his character fundamentally. Um, but knowing what I know, I, I, I could see a situation where ego might, might be the motive. Um, I don't necessarily get the read off him that he is quote unquote controlled opposition. That being said though, uh, I, I said it before. I said when they had the, the vote on Bill 195 and the jobs for jobs, a lot of a lot of important conservative, quote-unquote, leaning people were missing from that vote, including Randy. So I don't dismiss the claim, uh, but knowing enough about him personally, I'm a little slow to buy it, but that doesn't mean that the questions brought up in that article aren't valid. Uh, why these politicians that, that are fighting for freedom, quote-unquote, are missing these important bills. And that is something that, that Belinda prides herself, uh, New Blue has, has prided herself on the fact that she's stood up and, and fought some pretty nasty fights just to get in the door of her workplace, um, but she still shows up and, and gets the votes in for her constituents, which is is something in itself, but but that whole battle, really, that, that whole contentious situation is going to unfold and it's going to be quite interesting to see how that all works. I really hope we don't see a, a significant base split. Uh, based on my, my echo chamber polling, it looks like most people aren't really for having a split. Um, anyone that's kind of been plugged in has, has been tuned into the new blue direction for for a little while and uh the others there there's definitely people that uh stick with the name recognition um but i i don't it's definitely gonna be interesting i i don't want to put my foot in my mouth because i have pros and cons for both sides of it and i don't know enough to make any finite claims yet 
but it uh, it's going to be interesting. We're uh, we're going to see it go and uh, what comes of it. Uh, moving on from Doug on to Doug Ford now. Uh, I said it. I said we would see it happen. I was happy to see cracks coming through with the mandates. Um, that being said, we we now have been pushed back 28 days uh, right off the hop. So Doug, in his infinite wisdom, because it's political campaign season, he's we said it. He he is planning his campaign through his policy. Uh, only when it was campaign season did he start to develop a map out of the emergency measures, up to and including absolving himself of emergency powers. Um, which is is good. Don't get me wrong. Having that on the map helps. But it it does absolutely nothing when you keep pushing the can further down the road. Um, we didn't even hit our first target, and it's already been shifted a month. Uh, as of Monday, I believe it was. Monday or Wednesday, the 15th or 17th. Um, restaurants and gyms were supposed to be able to allow full capacity with Vaxports. Um, now, don't <laughs> I certainly don't support that. But nonetheless, it was it was a benchmark that he's now already missed, uh, and not only missed he he quantifiably punted it an entire month um, with no redress, which is is absolutely wild to me. Um, so I have very little faith that we're going to hit our targets, um, maybe just in time for the election, we may have emergency powers gone. Um, if only for the fact that he doesn't want to hand over emergency powers to any incumbent. And as I say that thought, that I, that is the first time I've thought that thought, and I, nothing makes more sense than just that. Moving beyond Doug Ford now, though, because honestly, I, I just, I have so little capacity to deal with, with his nonsense. Um, moving past... We had Remembrance Day, and I'm not going to lie, this Remembrance Day was a very difficult one for me, and I, I, I imagine it was a difficult one for a lot of people. Um, being somebody who can kind of see the comparisons and the corollaries to some major historical problems, um, Remembrance Day just hit differently, and uh, for some it definitely didn't, and it, it, it kind of made me sad to see people didn't understand the weight of of what's going on and and the levity of what remembrance day is and every remembrance day is heavy and somber i i've got family we remember uh a lot of people my age have family uh given the draft and and just the uptake during those times people people wanted to sign up they wanted to do their part um so it's not as if people going through loss or remembering loved ones is, is rare. It's, they're, they're everywhere. But uh, I don't know. Looking, looking at where we are socially and politically, it's, it's so scary. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Yonomi Park, she is a North Korean defector um, and she's got quite a story. She's an author and, and a spokesperson. Um, just today, she came out and and raised her personal red flags 
saying, hey, what's happening in the States and North America and globally is is really scary. And, and it really seems like history of North Korea repeating itself. Um, and there's just so many people that have these these comparison stories who have lived it. Um, and, and we fought bloody wars. People, people died and gave everything. And I don't think people really understand what that was all about. So yes, we're Canadian and for the broader sense, the Americans as well, that war never came really to North America. Uh, Pearl Harbor aside, um, there was no conflict on our soil. So why, why did we get inv invested in it? Why did we get involved? Well, certainly because we needed to, uh, and, and had we not, it would have made it to our shores. Um, it was morally and ethically the right thing to do to stop pain and suffering, uh, and, and genocide and just slaughter. That is, that is default, the right thing to do. But the right thing to do isn't always the reason we do things. And people seem to have forgotten the fact that in the time, part of the sentiment was people didn't want to see that come here. So it was, it was a matter of picking, picking your battle from, an, from a strategically optimal point. So picking your battle from the first line of defense rather than the last line of defense. Um, and I, I say that not to, to quantify this is why we went to, to war, but it definitely had a factor in it. Um, the men and women we lost and the men and women that served did so so that their families and their loved ones never had to see that. And then to see the underpinnings of where we're at today in contrast it was it was heavy it uh it was heavy and then you've got video that came out after remembrance day was over uh you had a vet tried to go have a meal at a diner uh only to be turned away because he didn't have his papers um a vet in full gear and with his medals on was turned away on Remembrance Day to have a meal. It's heavy. It's it's wild to think people can sit there and quote-unquote remember and have no decency to, to people that actually served. Uh, you had a, I believe it was an 80-year-old um, vet turned away from the Legion for not having their papers. Uh... It's it's scary. It is it is scary, and I don't mean the implementation. It's socially socially how we got to this point, and I think it hits harder on Remembrance Day uh, when you're you're supposed to remember. But uh, that too has has turned into sort of a a virtue signal where we put on the poppy, we make the post, we stand for the two minutes of silence. Uh, unless you're Justin Trudeau and the Governor General interrupts the moment of silence, uh, as we saw this year, uh, in to there's just nothing sacred to these people, um, but it is it's 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 gotten to the point like everything else in our society where it's mostly performative. Nobody sits with it to try and understand 
the deeper meaning of what's going on or what, what we're remembering and why we're remembering it so we can prevent it again. But, uh, no, after, after Remembrance Day, uh, one thing I kind of wanted to touch on because it, it covers where we're at in Canada pretty scarily is uh, a cenotaph in BC was desecrated. Um, most of the media is using vandalized. I don't think that term is strong enough. I use the term desecrated intentionally. It was, it was defaced with spray paint um, on Remembrance Day. And in my eyes, uh, in Canada, we, uh, we are so frivolous to, to slap a hate crime m multiplier on any crime. Um, I really think that it would apply in this case. Uh, when they find the person that did this, it, it should be considered a hate crime. And it should be considered an aggravating factor in, in sentencing um, to, to deface and desecrate a cenotaph, a, a war memorial, on Remembrance Day nonetheless. Um, and on it, it was spray-painted, uh, vaccinated live. Uh, the real heroes are, are the vaccinated. And it's repugnant. Uh, but nonetheless, it's the act of one, probably, or uh, at most, a couple sick individuals who are, are truly sick. Um, and that's fine. I, I can, I can chalk individual actions up to individuals and I don't need to apply a sweeping stance to it. However, media silence, uh, the only people that even published it were, uh, already quote unquote out, outside media, like, uh, such as rebel news or post me post millennial, um, which is fine. Again, I, I disagree with it, but free market media can report what it wishes. Uh, my big issue is you saw nothing from Justin Trudeau, our, our leader and, uh, captain woke who will take any opportunity to champion a cause. Uh, if only just for the virtue points, um, nothing radio silence. No public condemnation, no public cry for investigation, no apology to veterans, um, nothing, a absolutely nothing. And it's just, this is what you get when, when you get the rhetoric circulated that he has circulated, uh, where he says unvaccinated people don't have a right to be on a train beside anyone. They don't have a right to travel within the country. Um, and that's, that's a problem. That speech has always been a problem. Um, but when you pair that with him refusing to publicly denounce actions like this, it makes me really worried that we're further into this than I thought we might be. Uh, it's... it's it's getting bad. We're, we're, we're starting to see the outer fraction of the super pro-vaccine. And I don't even mean that in the sense like you can, you can quarterback this vaccine. You can be a super fan. That's cool. Um, 
but you you're starting to see a faction now that is happily taken up the vilification of the unvaccinated and that to me notes a pivotal shift that we should take warning from but also as as history will look back at this this we're 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 living in the moments depending on how this pans out and again i i see cracks i have hope i am an eternal optimist but if this goes wrong this is the moment where the shift is happening and and i struggle with saying that cuz it's like how do we stop that shift how do we bring people back to center to have those conversations and i've again this is this is all of our jobs i'm doing this to hopefully have a bigger conversation but i want to encourage you guys to have the smaller conversations do this on a personal independent level do this with your coworker do this with your neighbor your like have the conversations leave room for them to to think you're crazy without dismissing you they they don't have people don't have to agree with my perspective or your perspective um but at the same time you you have to understand that people generally don't want ill of other people uh you can have fervent disagreements about politics i have super liberal friends i still don't want bad for them and i know they don't want bad for me we just have passionate disagreements about what we think the best way to benefit is and we have different priorities so and that will follow through as well but we desperately need to to bring the temperature down a bit uh it's it's getting bad it's it's heavy and i don't know if maybe it's just heavier because i'm framing it against the backdrop of what is remembrance day but uh it's not good it's not good and unfortunately there are conversations that i you can't save i i've got people i literally can't speak to uh there was one conversation where somebody was was laughing and cheering when they found out that uh about 100 local nurses and doctors lost their job um and it's it's like when you get to a point where you're you're willfully cheering on pain and suffering and and actions that will no doubt cause harm to people not having a hundred doctors and nurses in any area is going to cause harm um so you don't even have to worry about the doctors and nurses themselves it's it's the fallout alone will cause harm and that harm would presumably affect everyone vaccinated and unvaccinated um so there are conversations even even I somebody who is attempts to be as tactful and and open-minded but firm in my own convictions I'll hear anyone's perspective up to a point and there are conversations I just can't have but I I every day I have more conversations where people are are realizing there is room in the middle you don't have to you don't have to disagree with everything to find common ground in the middle um i think the the talk of the third dose and the talk of mandating kids i think that is a good lever into trying to get people to to kind of slow down a bit cuz cuz i know a lot of people that have two doses that don't want to do three 
Um, but doing so for your job, it, it's difficult now to pick that battle. And we talked about that. Um, but at least it's allowing a more centered conversation. The, the truth is slowly coming out. Uh, you can only hide it for so long. And people will only buy what they're sold for so long. And, and the cracks are forming. I just, I worry, especially with the leadership we have and the lack of, the lack of an attempt to, to unify. Uh, and as I say that, I remember back to the, the topic we're uh, we're actually mapping out an episode about the, the war on the West, as I called it last episode. And I truly mean that Justin Trudeau's taken quite a stance against our oil and gas industry to a point where I don't, again, this, you get back to the conversations. I don't think you can find middle ground in. I, I don't know if you can reconcile his disdain for oil and gas with the economic best interests of about half our country. Um, but that, that is going to be its whole episode because there's so many factors to that, that I just, I have to sit down and, and map that out. I'll get a whiteboard. I, I'm, I'll get a whiteboard and I'll, I'll do some notes and we'll, uh, we'll try and be organized because it, it is a huge problem with a lot of moving parts. And, and just one more gear shift before we, uh, we wrap up for the day. Uh, I just want to touch on the states. I, I try to be fairly Canada-centered, but again, so much of our political and economic stability and, and direction gets fed off of the states. So I just want to touch on a couple things in the states. Biden officially wrote his mandate for vaccines for any business with more than 100 staff uh, immediately lawsuits were filed and this this was a great day um, I say that in the sense that he had he had proposed he was going to do a mandate such as this but never implemented the paperwork they never drafted the the executive order so there's nothing to fight it's just rhetoric so finally he he filed the executive order and had it in writing. Um immediately lawsuits came which is perfect cuz you need to fight these legally to to have any binding resolution. So as soon as he launched it lawsuits dropped the very next day. Um immediately the court of appeals has put a moratorium on this this mandate, so it is currently not in effect. It, they had they had a, got an emergency injunction to stop it. As of this week, OSHA lost in the Supreme Court. They have stayed the motion to to keep it paused until they can review the case. So it has been halted and then backed up. The the, the halt was confirmed. By, by a higher court, which is which is great. We're definitely going to see this mandate work its way through the Supreme Court, um, which it needs to do. Um, but to see immediate relief was good. What was not good was you now have Biden's administration basically, not even basically, literally saying, disregard the court rulings, go forward with the mandates. Um, 
you've got the executive branch literally calling to override a equal branch of government. Uh, the way their structures are set up, the judicial branch is the same power as the executive branch. Um, meaning one can't trump the other just because they said so. Uh, it has to go through court. It has to do its thing. But uh, it's just ironic to see a, a climate where everyone screamed Trump was a dictator to to Biden, who's quite literally acting as if he is one. Um, for sure, they're not living under dictatorship yet. But man, that guy is acting like one. Um, and it's it's worrisome, to say the least. Um, we'll be watching that closely, because that, that'll have huge impact. Uh, ideally, you see them fail, and truthfully, if the states full-on fails at, at any significant imposition, it will have corollary effects in Canada. Uh, we can be neighbors and different to so far, but there comes a point where... He, the social differences, we kind of can't be too far out of lockstep. Uh, we have our own differences, but they're never too far. Um, another thing happening in the States we're watching really closely is uh, prepare for some riots. If, if you're listening in the States, especially Kenosha area, uh, expect some riots. Um, one way or another, I don't, I don't really see uh, a scenario where it's not going to happen. Um, but the Kyle Rittenhouse case is uh, closing arguments in Ronde, or the day this drops, today. Um, closing arguments are today, and it's it's more of a toss-up than it should be. Uh, in, my, in my perspective, it's a pretty clear-cut case. But nonetheless, I, I don't expect that to go over well either direction it could go. Uh, so we'll be watching that, and if there's any significant thing to have to say about it if there's anything we can add to the conversation we'll do that uh but yeah it's just we're checking in there's the climate we've got some good news we've got some bad news it's uh that's that's what i mean when it was uh it's been an up and down week and the averages i guess are in our favor but it was it wasn't a walk away home run week that's for sure um but i have hope as always i will i will forever have hope as for what hope I'm going to leave you guys with today, I don't know. You guys let me know. What gives you... For We'll change that this week. What You guys let me know. Send me an email. Reach out on Instagram or Twitter. Let me know what gives you hope. And uh, maybe we can share some next week. Uh, Till next week, pay the fee. As always, if, if you liked it, if we offered something good, we made you laugh, share it. Let somebody know. Uh, if we didn't meet the bar this week, that's cool. Check in next week and see if we can make you pay the fee then. Uh, but until next week, stay well, take care of yourselves, and uh, keep your stick on the ice. <laughs>